podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Churros, the Tacticus Podcast. It is Monday, March 22nd. This is your host, Kian Subani. Today's Churros is going to be a little bit different because Diego Luring can't record today and probably can't record tomorrow. And unfortunate, but of all the podcasts he missed, he missed the one where he could have rolled the R's until infinity. It could have gone forever and ever because Barcelona actually looked like even me sitting here. I'm like, well, maybe Diego was right. Maybe Laporta is some kind of uh, black magic and everything just all there's just rainbows everywhere now and everything is going to go back to Cruyff dominating the earth. I don't know. Um, So this would have been a perfect one for him to do. But alas, he had to miss it. So we're going to do something different today. Uh, We're not going to recap what happened this weekend in La Liga. We are just going to ride the wave of the Chabi Alonso news, who um, obviously, if you haven't heard yet, he uh, he is signed as Borussia Mönchengladbach's head manager, which is great for him. And it's been big news and um, possibly bigger news than if anyone else gets a, a manager job, it's probably not blowing up the internet as it is if it is Chabi Alonso because he's a very universally loved figure. So I thought this is a great opportunity to reach out to Phil Ball. Phil Ball, obviously author of many books, the one you might know most is The White Storm, but he's very well connected with Real Sociedad. Um, he has been there for a long time, and uh, when I reached out to him today to talk about Chabi, he said, yeah, sure, I actually saw him this morning, and I said, um, great, maybe I'll, you know, so he stepped away from his work for about 10, 15 minutes or so, and we talked about Chabi, we even talked about Odegaard um, at the end there because, um, you know, he he obviously is his uh, Real Sociedad fan, so he knows all about Martin Odegaard as well. So we talked about his performance yesterday a little bit. So a lot of Chabi Alonso talk, and um, I thought it was a really fun conversation. So hope you guys enjoy it. Without further ado, here's the great Phil Ball. All right, very thrilled to be joined by Phil Ball on this momentous occasion because anything, anytime anything happens with Real Sociedad and anything really that we can we can bring in Dragon Phil Ball for we will because he is like the Real Sociedad guy. So we're very thrilled that Phil Ball is here. Phil Ball, how are you doing? I'm fine, Kian. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fine. The Real Sociedad guy. That's right. Well, of course, it's not a great it's not a great day to be a Real Sociedad guy after last night's result. But you know, we, perhaps we won't mention that. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. Well, I don't know what game you're talking about. I don't. I don't. Uh, I'm not the, sure what you're the, referring the, to. Real Sociedad the, are having the, a great season. <laughs> Um, Real Sociedad won Barca 6 yeah I, I knew you wouldn't like to mention that but, <laughs> but anyway there you go well we uh, I mean obviously today's news about Chabi Alonso going to Borussia Mönchengladbach the, the person I immediately thought of was you and I've like look I've I've actually done a little bit of scattering report with Chabi Alonso as a manager mostly because we were all intrigued as Real Madrid fans when he announced that he was going to become a manager uh, even though we had no idea what kind of manager he would be, but just given that his brain, his aura, his maturity, his playing style, everything, it just got us a little bit excited. So he became a Real Madrid youth team manager, then obviously went to Real Sociedad B. Um, and now he's going to Borussia Mönchengladbach. And I immediately thought of you because I wanted to kind of maybe understand more about him. You you, you live close to him. do you? That, that, from what I understand, you're not far from him, right? Yeah, he lives 
he, he's got the kind of flat right above the supermarket, right at the top. I'm, <laughs> I won't say which supermarket, and he's right at the top. So he's got he's got great views. I'm a bit further down down on the ground. I'm about like 300 yards away from him. So yeah, I see him from time to time. You know, in the he hangs around the neighbourhood, and and it was one of the reasons why he came back here. I think because uh, for you, the Basques are pretty discreet. You know, the Basques are discreet. Um, yeah, and, but I. I think leave him alone. You know, he doesn't. He really doesn't get bothered in bars and things. He can, he can wander around and have a co- coffee with his daughter. And I've, I've seen him often having a coffee with his daughter. And people just kind of, yeah, they might nod, but no one. People aren't like that here. You know, they they, they leave him be. And I think he's he needed two years of that. I think, but hey, now he's he's going to go back. It's interesting. Well, even in Madrid, he was never one to really hide because he was one of the only, possibly the only Real Madrid player at that time when he was in the squad that actually lived in the city. Like he didn't live that far from the Bernabeu. And any time I walk to the Bernabeu when I'm there, you can kind of like just just pass his neighborhood where he lived. So I guess he kind of likes that lifestyle where he likes to kind of be arrived like in the city and not so much with the mansions in the in the in the hills uh, outside the city. But um, I like you know I, I suppose the purpose of this tac- of this podcast isn't to necessarily discuss what kind of playing style he might have. Although you might have some insight about that. I have I cannot claim I've watched any of his Real Madrid youth team games nor his Real Sociedad uh, B games. But you know, I've just read, done a lot of reading on his tactics there with people who actually have or have used like you know Y Scout to actually go through what kind of formations he uses and all that stuff. But where, what do you think his destiny is as a as a manager? Like, what kind of manager do you think he is and will be? And and what kind of insight do you have on his temperament? Well, I think uh, you know a lot of those things are, as you say, sort of implicit from his playing style, aren't they? I mean, I, I, I don't think it's a, a standard uh, fact that uh, you know the, the position of a player when he was a player, as it were. I mean, uh, necessarily determines what kind of coach they'll become. I mean, they, they players tend to become coaches, and not always the case. I mean, maybe Mourinho being a Perhaps an exception there, but you know, Marino was a goalkeeper, wasn't he? I mean, he wasn't a very good one. But, uh, but there, there, there seems to be a rule that holds fast, and I think that certainly for for uh, players like Alonso, you know, he he, um, he was so such a strong exponent of his position. You know, even when he was a younger player, even before he became famous, uh, he, he was playing in that you know what they call the pivot position in in, um, in Spanish, and uh, you know, essentially, I suppose. Uh, a defensive midfielder who was offensive because of the way he played and because of his, his own strategic vision of the game. And I mean, the point about Alonso again was that he didn't really have the classic attributes of a footballer, particularly when he was younger. He was kind of small and fat when you see him playing in Antiguoco in a, you know, the youth team here in um, in San Sebastian. He's a sort of chubby little guy, you know. He doesn't he doesn't look like the kind of person who turned into that boss model, you know. But he. he or even the kind of player he became, you know, that sort of elegance. And uh, I think that because he, he he's got he marked that style, I think, at this club as well. And you know, Real Sociedad since Alonso have produced all these players. You know, Zubimendi being the latest one, who's very much in the on in the Alonso line of things. You know, it's become an obsession in this in this particular region. You know, to be like it's not to be like Alonso, but you know, it leaves a kind of legacy. And uh, so what I mean is that because he's got such a a mark, he had such a marked way of playing. I think that was, it's inevitable that you'll see that in his style of coaching. I mean, you could probably say the same like Guardiola, you know. And um, I think that is the, that's been, the, I think that's the case so far. There's, 
there's not masses of evidence. And also you have to take into account the fact that, you know, when you coach a B team, I think this was the case at Madrid and here at Real Sociedad, uh, you don't get too much choice about your recruits. You know, what happens is that the recruits that you get, it happened in Madrid, certainly, you know, when you took over, it was for a year, wasn't it? You know, you get the recruits that are that come up from the from the the youth the youth team below into the, into the B team. It's not uh, B teams very rarely go around purchasing players. They do from time to time, but it's not a big policy, particularly at Real Madrid and particularly at Real Sociedad. You know, they, there's very much a kind of vertical uh, policy of uh, just keeping people moving up. So you get who comes up, you know, and uh, that means that you have to deal with that. That's and that's. That's not easy, I think. I think that's that needs a special kind of person. You know, B team coaches, I think, are a are a, an overlooked sort of breed, if you like. And 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 so far, Alonso has proved has proved good. And 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 you know, you again, you have to say that just because Alonso has this charisma and reputation about an intelligent guy, great player, that doesn't mean for a moment that that he's he he was or is going to succeed. You know, as a coach. But so far, it seems that he's doing well. He, he did well at Madrid. They wanted him to stay. He came back to San Sebastián for, I think, different reasons. We can get onto that in a moment. Mm. But uh, you know, yesterday um, Real Sociedad beat Athletic away, which was a great result given the other result against Barça, which put them top of the um, of the of that Segunda B section, which means that you know they're in the playoffs for. Uh, possible promotion to the uh, Segunda A to uh, next next season, and that would you know be a, again a great legacy for Alonso to have left. So he's you know he's done well. Do you like so? You said so many things, and I'm just trying to frantically take notes so that I could remember to, to, to. No, no, it's great. It's fantastic. To, I just wanted to remember to bounce back to to some of them. Um, but like so so for example, because you mentioned some of the temperament and and the and his personality and stuff. One of the interesting things about, like, there's a parallel with Real Madrid with Raul, for example. So Raul, obviously, a completely different position than than Xabi Alonso, and uh, but also has like the same kind of reputation of being a cerebral, intelligent player. Like a lot of his goals, I mean, as great as he was and as great as his goals were, a lot of his goals were just like him, just using his off-ball movement to get into the right spots and linking up to the team and and just forming these attacks and being so so hard working all that stuff but he also yeah. wasn't really known as like a feisty player uh somebody like you know like for example i don't know take like take your pick gatuso for example like like his 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 temperament on the field is completely polar opposite to somebody like gatuso for example or juanito <laughs> but yes. when you watch him in you know i've had a chance to be at several castilla games um before the world ended last march and, you know, just being there, seeing him, like sitting directly behind him at times, he's just so different as a manager where he's like, he's almost like Diego Simeone, the way he, the way he shouts, the way he barks, the way he's like, he never sits down, he's always shouting something. And I'm just wondering, like, have, do you have any insight on Chabi Alonso in that sense? Like, is he, yes. is he different yes. than he is as a player in that sense? No, that's a very good. That's a very good point. And I, and, and uh, I was about to say to you uh, that uh, what's interesting about Raúl, for example, is that uh, I, as a player, I, I don't really think he he stood out as a, he didn't stand out as a communicator. I mean, um, most of his most of his communication was sort of implicit. You know, it was just the way he looked at certain people or at certain players. He wasn't he wasn't sought by the press 
because he wasn't a kind of soundbite guy. He tended mm. to avoid the press anyway. You know, so, you, so it's that kind of play. You don't expect to become a, an effective trainer. But as you say, it's rather strange because he's quite vocal, isn't he, on the on the sidelines? Whereas whereas um, Alonso's view of, of training, as far as I know, I mean, his view of it is that you know the. Um, if you prepare the game properly, if you prepare the game, if you if you if your players are prepared, if you've taught them through it, if you told them about what you want them to do, if the strategies are clear, blah blah blah, the training has been efficient, then there's no need to be shouting and screaming on the touchline unless something really bad's happened. And Alonso certainly doesn't do that. He's reasonably active on the touchline, but he's not hyperactive. You know, he's not <laughs> he's not a Simeone, if you like. Um, you wouldn't expect him to be, I think. And he's he, I think he what Alonso wants to communicate to his players is, you know, calmness. He doesn't want them to be nervioso, as they say in Spanish. He wants he wants it to be, you know, uh Calm and collected, and I think that his team does does demonstrate that. You know, I mean, and anyway, the other thing is that the team is very much a reflection of what's above. You know, I mean, despite again last night, you know, Real Sociedad are a possession-based side, and that seems to be the the philosophy that runs through the club. You know, they want to play football and they want to do it in a certain way. And you know, Alonso was obviously a an obvious choice, in fact, a much more obvious choice than Imanol, the first team coach, who has, who has surprisingly become a bit of a success, you know. But I mean, when when Alonso was first employed, my instinct told me that he was being employed uh, in order to eventually replace Imanol. Mm. But you know, I think we've all been proved a bit wrong on that one. A Imanol's proved it wrong himself by, you know, be, becoming a strong candidate to stay where he is. And maybe Alonso smelt that, you know. Maybe Alonso seen that. And uh, and this opportunity's come along, and he's decided to to, to take it. And I, you know, I think he'll be a success because he is a good communicator. I mean, apart from what he does on the touchline, you know, he speaks four languages. He speaks them all very well. Uh, he's an intelligent guy. He's a, he's he's above the average, certainly of your average footballer. And um, you know, he can um, he can communicate. And I I don't think he needs to be the sort of shouty kind of coach. You know, I'm not I'm not criticizing Raúl in that sense, but. It, I'm, I'm, I'm as surprised as you at the way Raul actually seems to behave on the touchline, but but um, you know it seems kind of almost opposite to what he appears to be. But no, Alonso's pretty pretty much the same. You know, he's the same on the touchline as he is in an interview, as he is if you know you see him in the street, as I did this morning. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting because, like, with I mean, he he kind of took the Pep Guardiola route almost like towards the end of his playing career, where he he wanted to put himself in a position to learn from as many coaches as he possibly could before he retires. Yeah. You know, Guardiola went on that famous pilgrimage to see Bielsa, but then bounced around multiple different countries. He wanted to learn from the best before he retired. Jabby Alonso did yeah. that, especially going to um, to Bayern at the end. But I, I think that makes him an interesting candidate to be one of the next, kind yeah. of like the next crop of player. And again, like a part of this is like just me being a fanboy, like just assuming he's going to be great because it's impossible not to love him. And he's, he's got, you mentioned, you talked about his character, his ability to communicate, but also just like everything about him. It's just like, it's almost like a home run because he's just, he's also done his homework. He's not just stumbling into a coaching position by luck. He's like, he's worked hard. He's, it's not just his name, you know, that we're discussing here. Do you feel like, he was like he was extra pragmatic with his coaching like do you think there was if if real sociedad were like just come in and take over the a team now instead of going to a youth team was that an option and but he just wanted to take his time i think there were various reasons 
again, you know, and it's difficult to, to you know, kind of decouple one from another. You know, I think that he, I know for a fact that he wanted to his kids to be educated in Basque for a while, you know, because they hadn't had that chance. They'd been around, you know, I mean, they'd been in England, they'd been in um, Germany. Um, and he, he wanted a bit of Basque schooling. That's that's why I'm slightly surprised that he's going. I think what might happen, I wish to pry into the personal life of Xavi, but I think what might happen is that his, his family will stay here for the time being, you know, and uh, uh, and they'll continue perhaps to be be schooled in, 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 in the Basque language. That's what I mean. They're being educated in the Basque language. I think that, that's important to him and his wife, you know, who's also a, a Basque speaker. Um, so I don't think they just. Sort of, I don't think the whole thing is going to go over to Germany. I, I also think that he, 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 he you know, he, he came back because you know, he, he knows the scene. It's his club, as it were, it's his childhood club, and of course, what better place to start to to really learn his craft? I also think that he probably, you know, I don't wish to be cynical, but he was looking below and he saw Raúl had come back. You know, yeah. and, and, and Raul is always going to be the kind of crown prince, isn't he? You know, in the end, you know, that's the that that's surely part of Madrid's uh, future future configuration. Let's say whether Alonso was going to be that Alonso was was a great figure at Madrid, but you know, not compared to Raul, if you like, if you want to make odious comparisons. You know, what's interesting about Germany also, uh, Kian, is that uh, Uli Hoeneß said. A while ago, didn't he? That you know, we've got to get Xavi back to Bayern, and mm. again, he praised, he praised the very qualities that you mentioned about five minutes ago. You know, that he was intelligent. He was the kind of guy that understood uh, German football. He spoke fluent German. Da da da. We've got to get him back. And so, what this might be in terms of Xavi Alonso's own perspectives, you know, might 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 be that he simply thinks that well, Borussia Gladbach, not a bad way to to step up to Bayern. You know. Um, hey, whatever. I mean, it, it, that could be his. I, I don't say that that's his specifically his long-term plan, but I, I'm absolutely sure that that that's there or thereabouts. You know, if Alonso continues to be successful as a coach, then there's no way he's going to stay at. I mean, I'm not. There's no disrespect to to, to Munch and Gladbach. They're they're a reasonable mid-table German side, and in fact, you know, mid to upper, I imagine, in, in German terms. But that's probably not what you'd expect to see Alonso doing in the end is it you know in the end you you think well the guy's gonna get one of the big ones isn't he you know well it's that's funny I, that's, that's it. it's that's funny it. just I'm being sure. sorry sorry I, I cut you off no 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 go on, go on. well it's just it was it's funny being uh on uh active on twitter and just seeing the three different fan bases all celebrating like today as if you know the Liverpool fans saying, "Well, he's he started his journey to become a Real uh, Liverpool manager." The Bayern fans saying that, and the Real Madrid fans saying the same thing. <laughs> so maybe he makes a stop at all three. I'm not sure. But um, before I let you go, Phil, can you indulge me on uh, like 30 seconds of Odegaard talk? I just have something very specific to ask you regarding him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I think about Odegaard. He's he, he's my hero. <laughs> okay. So so uh, yesterday he had his best performance of the season against uh, West Ham. It was fantastic. Just fantastic performance all around. And um, like reminded you of the, the Real Sociedad version of, of him himself. Exactly. exactly. And, and a lot of Real Madrid fans, there's like, sorry, a small percentage of Real Madrid fans take issue with his, they go at his character, calling him impatient. Well, if he didn't want to play for us, he can go somewhere else. Like he didn't, you know, he was impatient um, and you know he's not bigger than the club. Blah, blah blah. As somebody who also like the way you kind of 
you're you're you have good connections with Real Sociedad. You live in the area. You live. I, I believe your son actually played with Martin Odegaard at some point. You see him around when he was there. What would you say to those people who go at his character about that? I can see it from both uh, sides, uh, Kian. You know, I, I, it's it's a difficult one to resolve, isn't it? You know, I, I, I felt slightly wounded, and I think people did here when Zidane Zidane sort of panicked and brought him back. You know, and I know that the two-year loan period was just a, a verbal pact, but I, I felt that that Zidane, having done that, you know should have given him some playing time but then again you know he wasn't he wasn't fully fit uh, and that i think had a you know had a, had had an influence on him not really doing much before before christmas but you know it's a very simple thing for me again it's very simple i mean when he was when he was playing for at real you know that period before christmas where he was fully fit he he'd been given the you know, Imanol had just shown confidence in him. He he just gave him the ball and said, "You play. You're the boss." It was just astonishing. You know, I, I wrote that article. You know, for League of Fever, and I stand by it. That mm. he, at that point, at that point for me, he was the best midfielder in Europe, and there was nobody doing anything that he was. It was. I've never seen anything like it. It was a privilege to see it, and I, I don't get carried away too easily these days. You know, I thought he was fantastic. He fell away a little bit towards the end, but he got tired. You know, and he was playing in every game, and but but that's the point about Odegaard. If you don't, he has. To to play, he has to feel he's got the bat, bat on. And so, when Real Madrid play, uh, supporters say, "You know, wow, he was he was a bit impatient," he's uh, I'm not uh, okay. You, you, to some extent, you can see that, but I just think he sort of looked around and he smelt it. He thought, you know, "There's something, something's wrong here." You know, he's brought me back, but I'm fit. You know, but I'm not being given the bat on. You know, and uh, Isco is maybe being given the bat baton before me or Asensio or you know maybe a little bit of resentment coming in I mean he's a young guy but I to be honest I, I as, as a person he seems to be a great guy he's very modest very much more than I thought you know very modest very intelligent and I think he's far too bright to have made the kind of mistake that some of the Madrid supporters are suggesting I think that what he wanted was playing time and if he wasn't going to get it well hey and you know surely it's it's working out well for Arteta it, it's probably going to work out well for Zidane in the end, isn't it? Because you know, he's playing for Arsenal now, like, as you say, like he was playing for Real in that in that period before Christmas, you know, before his knee. Yeah. He got that knee problem. And, and and he's just if he's on form, if he's fit, if he's if he's confident, he just he just destroys people. He just he's 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 wonderful. I, I really, really do think he's still, you know, he's gonna be a top player and and Real Madrid will be totally insane to 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 to, to lose him or even to... I mean, Arteta's talking about trying to sign him at the end of the season, but, you know, Real Madrid would be insane to let that happen, to be honest. You know, they, they've really got to... really got to get their, you know, their, their, their thoughts in gear about that, in my view. You know? Well, you also made a key point, like, I that this also... It's good for Zidane in the long term, because I think that's one point that fans sometimes miss, is that, you know, it's it's not... Sometimes they fabricate these these feuds between club and player that may not exist. You know, it's very possible that you know if Real Madrid were like, well, this is if you go there and you play well, that's beneficial for us too long term. So why don't you go there, do go your development there? Maybe we made a mistake. Maybe we shouldn't have recalled you from Real so early. 
So go there and then come back uh, even more polished players. So sometimes we, we create unnecessary drama when maybe it doesn't really exist. You know what I mean? So yes, I, yeah. I think that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. And 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 again, you know, the other thing is that people, everybody said that Modric, this would be, you know, he wouldn't be playing as much. He wouldn't be so good. But he's Modric. He's absolutely fine. To Cross is absolutely fine. You know, mm. and in the end. Then that's not necessarily the exact position that you would expect to see on the alien and you'd be sort of forward of them. But you know, uh, it's not easy. It's not easy getting into the Real Madrid first team and staying there as a, you know, as titular every week. Is I think I think in that sense the Real Madrid fans might be right. I, I don't think Odegaard had the right if 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 that's what he thought to just immediately be given the baton like he was given it at Real Sociedad. You know, it's a slightly different scene. Even I'm prepared to admit that. You know. So uh, maybe the Arsenal thing, although I didn't like it at the time, maybe it's going to work out for everybody. Uh, you know, maybe it's going to come up trumps for everybody, apart from Arteta, that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see how that unfolds. Phil, I appreciate your time. I think I've already abused it long enough. So thank you so much for, for taking the time on this short notice. And I appreciate you and stay safe and hope to see you soon. At one point in San Sebastian, maybe we'll grab a churro and a coffee. That'd be really nice. Thank you, Phil. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, yeah. Pleasure. Pleasure, Kian. Yeah, ciao. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.